so we've had some crazy, crazy good stuff going on in our lives here recently. Um, for the last two years, Shannon's been looking for, she's had a really good job. She's done the same uh, with the same employer for 18 years, uh, but she reached a ceiling where she really couldn't go any further. And for her to take it to the next step, she needed to transfer and we didn't want to leave the community. So we've been believing God for some things. We've been praying about it. And for about 18 months in this two-year job search, Shannon's been pretty dry, not really getting much of a bite on anything she's doing. And, uh, but we're still believing God. So but the last six months, she started to get some activity. So she had three positions, uh, city government. Um, one of them actually was kind of a quasi-city government position. And uh, she went in the first position. There was 150 applicants. She wound up being the number two candidate. She was this close. Yeah, well, it gets better. <laughs> the, the second position, they had 75 applicants. She came up number two again. She got beat out by an internal candidate who was a schoolmate of hers and also a friend of ours. Again, this close. Third position, she winds up being in the top five after all these rounds of interviews. So, of course, Shannon's going, Lord, when is it going to be my turn? But we're waiting on God. We're believing him for his promises. And then these covenant cards. We have this covenant, you know, that we, we signed these cards here a few weeks ago. And we were believing God for bigger things. And one of the things that, actually, the thing that we both asked for was new jobs, that God would position us in a place that we could serve his purpose, that he blessed us financially so we could be a blessing to others. So, and up to this point, we had been tithing on our net income, and we had been talking since Christmas that we got to make this gross, we got to do this thing. So that was the day. We pulled the trigger. It's like we're doing this thing. So we signed this. We're believing God. We committed to this. The very next week, Shannon gets a call from a company that was at the top of her hit list to come in. And interestingly, about a year ago, she'd applied with this company, and they didn't even nibble on her resume. So she goes in, has a series of interviews. Uh, they're going wonderfully. In the course of this, they tell her what uh, their salary range is. And we're believing for a, a wage that's higher than the cap. So uh, Shannon gets a phone call. They offer her the position. And they offer her a wage that was below the cap. Well, Shannon was believing God for something different, so she counters. And she says, I'm not willing to leave my job of 18 years for you know, anything less than this dollar amount that, again, was above their range. So this woman says, wow, well, I can go back and I can talk to the owners. Uh, I can't make any promises. So Shannon leaves it in God's hand. We pray about it. We're believing him for you know, his promise. The very next day she gets a phone call, and this woman asks her, Shannon, did you consider our offer? Shannon was a little confused. She said, well, as I told you, I'm flattered. I'm excited. I want to come to work for you, but I can't do it for any less than this. And the woman says, well, I talked to the owners, and they said they're willing to give you that wage, but they're going to, because it's more than what uh, we were willing to pay for that job, we're going to grow the, the scope of the job. We're going to give you more responsibility, which is exactly what she was after. You know, so only God. Yeah. But, but wait, there's more. So while this is going on in the middle of all of this, um, I've been working for my father for, well, since I was 10 years old, literally working for him after day, all summer long, after school every day. And uh, so for 32 years, been doing that, 23 years here in the Tri-City since we opened our doors. But this spring, I decided I needed to do something different. But I wasn't taking any action. I told my dad that, but I wasn't looking, you know, nothing you know, active going on here. And so while this Shannon's in the middle of this job interview uh, situation, she runs across this advertisement for a job. And she says, Mike, check this out. I think it's a perfect fit for you. And I look at it and I think, that is a really good fit for me. But you know what? I got a lot of things going on. It's pretty busy at the shop, you know, yada, yada, yada. I'm kind of ignoring it. No, I'm not kind of ignoring it. I'm really ignoring it. But, 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 this, 
this whole time, you know, going back several months, I've been praying to God that he gives me wisdom and discernment to recognize when he's opening that door, that he gives me the boldness to have the obedience to walk through it, and that he makes it abundantly clear with a hammer that I recognize where it is that he wants me to be. Well, I ignore this thing. So the very next day, actually it was the next evening, uh, just before I went to bed, uh, the person that holds this position actually knew who this person was, Did, didn't know why she was leaving or, or what the deal was, but she posts in a group that I'm a part of, this position said that her husband got transferred. If any of us knew someone who was a qualified applicant, please encourage them to apply. So I thought about it. I thought, man, is this God? I mean, that's twice <laughs> in, in two days, right? I get hit from different directions with this job. So you know what I did? I turned off my computer. I pulled the light and I went to bed. So, yeah, it's terrible, I know. I woke up the next morning, I'm consumed with this position. I, I, I'm, and I recognize, too, that I'm failing to engage. I'm not walking through that door. You know, I keep knocking, and God's like, come on in, Mike, come on in, and I'm not doing it. So I type a message to this person I know. I said, hey, you know, I'm interested in this position for myself. And the first thing I asked was, would you work there again? Because I figured that would be pretty telling. So I get an immediate response, yes, it's a wonderful place to work, by the way. You'd be an excellent fit for this position. Send me your resume. And then she starts to tell me all this job detail, things that were in, weren't included in the ad, including the salary, which was a good salary. But she said it's capped at a certain level. It's not gonna, they're not going to pay anymore. But just like Shannon, I was already believing God for something bigger than that. So we get praying with it. We're standing in agreement with the prayer team, with leadership, with friends, family, relatives, everybody. We've got so much scripture we're believing God for that he's just going to deliver this thing. So we're praying like mad. I get an interview. Go into the first interview. It goes amazingly well. Uh, somewhere in the interview, they asked me, what's my salary expectation? Well, the um, head administrator wasn't there, and I didn't want to have that conversation without him being in the room. So I effectively deflected the question. We cleaned up the interview, went well, went home, felt good about it. Get a phone call for a second interview. Go in. Head administrator's there. This feels really good. We're doing this thing, and I've got to tell you, and I know Shannon experienced the same thing, the Holy Spirit was so in the driver's seat while I was interviewing, there was stuff that came out of my mouth that shocked me and impressed them, and I knew it was the hand of God. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was straight up nuts. Matter of fact, I asked the Holy Spirit to um, open up the doors of creativity for me as I was preparing for this job interview, and I came up with this idea to do a complete proposal and marketing analysis for them, um, and I think that really clenched it, but it was truly the hand of God. It was just this crazy deal. So anyways, we're going through this. And uh, we're wrapping up the interview, and the executive uh, director asked me, what are your salary expectations? And I already knew what the cap was, and the person that told me what the cap was was sitting in the room. They're part of my interview panel. And uh, so I threw out what I've been praying to God about. We were pretty specific about it, and I figured if this is a God thing, he's got it taken care of. If this is a Mike thing, these people are going to run. So throw it out there, finish the interview, feels good. I asked them, I said, when are you going to make your decision? And they said, uh, the end of the week. This is Tuesday. So I thought, okay. So I go back to work. I'm back to work at 1 o'clock. I leave work at 4, get in my truck, my phone's flashing, check the messages, and it's the executive director asking that I give him a call back. I got immediately excited, and then I calmed down and thought, that's way too fast. They've got to just want more information from me. So I call him up, and he says, Mike? I says, yeah. And he goes, we want to offer you the job. I'm like, oh, that's dynamite. Go God. He says, at the salary you requested. I about fell out of my truck. <laughs> But I shouldn't have been surprised because we were believing God for it. We had mountain-moving faith. We knew he was going to deliver. We had circled this thing in prayer, literally circled this thing in prayer, um, just knowing that those walls of Jericho were going to fall down, and they did. God blessed us in a mighty way. Yeah, we are, we are so excited. So, yeah. yeah. So we, just, we know God's promise is true. Um, if you're being obedient, he's a faithful God. Yeah, his word is true. 
Um, he's so good, and we just wanted to thank you for allowing us to share our testimony with you this evening. Hey, man. You're awesome, babe. You're awesome. Uh, I'll tell you guys what Elizabeth Taylor told her fifth husband. I do not plan on keeping you long. Because, uh, you know, today's our anniversary, and we're going to go celebrate here in a little bit. And, uh, but I, I just want you to know, Shel, that I love you more today than I ever have. And given the opportunity, I'd do it all over again. With one or two minor exceptions. <laughs> just, just kidding. No exceptions. All right. Open your Bible. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, we're going to pick right, we're diving right back in where we've been. But tonight I want you to look at this in the New Living. Uh, It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your body to God because of all he's done for you. Look at everything God's done for you. Come on. Look look at everything God's done for you. And, And because of the mercy of God, the goodness of God, the greatness of God. Come on, present your body to him, a living sacrifice. Let let it be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. This is how we worship God, by the way we bring our life to God. Don't copy. You, You need to back up. Okay, don't look at me and shake your head. Do it. Don't copy the behavior. And the customs of this world. Don't, don't be a copy. Be an original. Okay? Don't, don't let this world squeeze you into its mold. Stop imitating the world. Quit trying to fit in. God's called you, anointed you, and equipped you to stand out. You with me? Okay? Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But, now, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. God wants to transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. uh, He wants to transform you into a new person. If you are the same as you were before you came to God, then what was the purpose of coming to God? Something's going to be different. And in reality, everything's going to be different. Right? Right? Everything ought to be different. Look at what it says. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person, changing the way you think. Then, everybody say then. Oh, come on, say then. Okay, so then happens after the previous statement. That when God has the ability to change the way you think, then... You're going to learn to know God's will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. We've talked about that a lot in the last couple weeks, but I really want want to hit this point and drive it into the depth of your spirit tonight. That it's then, something happens, then you're going to know God's will. Let me put it to you this way. An unrenewed mind will never know the will of God. I said an unrenewed mind will never know the will of God. King James says that you might be able to prove what is the perfect, the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. To to prove the will of God. That literally means to deem genuine the real thing to ensure it's not a counterfeit. 
you got to understand something that the enemy's trying to get you to accept something that's not the real deal. He's trying to get you to take possession of a package that, uh, and deliver into your life something less than what God has for you. And without allowing God to renew your mind, you won't know the difference between a counterfeit and the real thing. You, you, you don't have what it takes to recognize what, what God can, can see. And, and remember, my ways aren't your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. It's not a put down. It's an invitation up. That God's wanting you to have the ability to operate with the mind of Christ, with the, to, to know what God's thinking. Why? Well, because God wants you to be godly. Somebody say amen. Right? So uh, if, if we're not careful... If we're not careful, we end up with a lot less than what God had planned, but we don't even know the difference because we, have, we haven't renewed our mind. We, we, we can't tell this isn't the real thing. And, you're, you know, because there's a lot of people that are putting up with all kinds of chaos and strife and, and, and lack and poverty and sickness and disease. And, and, and we just start walking around accepting it, saying, well, this is just the way it's always been. And, you know, look around. This is just normal. But God didn't send Jesus to die on a cross for you to go to hell, to take the keys of sin, death, hell, and the grave out of the hands of the enemy, to declare him defeated, to be risen from the dead and ascended on high so that you could be normal. You know, there, there's just been there's there's been this incredible investment on on, the, on God's part to, so that you and I so that we'd be anything but normal, right? And here we are, we're we're accepting all kinds of things into our life that are not really acceptable to God. It wasn't His will, and but we're just enduring it. Why? Because we haven't renewed our mind. We don't recognize this isn't the will of God. Well, you know, everybody's kids just kind of go nuts. Well, what, are you really going to just sit back and allow the enemy to wreak havoc in the mind of your children and not stand up, get on the Word of God, begin to declare the Word of God, speak the Word of God, and, and press in until the Word of God is manifest in your kid's life? Come on, guys. No, that, that ain't right. That's not the promise of God, and we're not going to accept that. All my children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. And you just got to stand there and confess it and pray it and believe it. it well, how, how, about, how about the fact that God's word is life to those that find it, health and healing to all their flesh? Well, we've just put up with this thing for a long time. This has been part of our DNA. It's in the genes. Change your pants. Okay? To, 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 you know, to be renewed, to be transformed, isn't that to be regenerated, regened? You get new genes tonight. Look at your neighbor and say, you need a new pair. You, you, it's, t- it's, t- it's time to get out of that, you know, that, that doubt and that unbelief and the willingness to accept something that is not acceptable to God. You know, I, I really want you to see this, that if there's things going on in your house that shouldn't be going on in God's house, then you ought to put a stop to it at your house. Come on. You, uh, well, are you saying that we're never going to have challenges? No, I'm telling you, you're going to have to fight and, and, and dig in. And, 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 but the, the cool thing is, is that you're tougher than hell. Come on now, hell can get tough, but you're tougher than hell. Right? You, you, you got more strength than that. I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. 
Uh, all kinds of stuff. And, and you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I'll get with my friends and we're talking, and, and, and I'm telling you, I think that some people just assume that, that, that we've never really been challenged the way normal people are challenged. You know, that, 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 that we just get up every day and, and we, you know, and everything just goes our way. And matter of fact, we've had to run Ed McMahon off the property seven times, keeps trying to give us checks. And, and you know, we're we dealing with the same stuff that everybody deals with. I'm telling you, the mind storms can be, you know, incredibly outrageous. You know, on a weekly basis, as, as I'm standing and talking to God about what he's called us as a body to do and my job and leading the church and all of these thoughts, well, that ain't never going to happen. And you, you know, you got these issues and that problem and that thing kind of this coming over here. And I've got to take the word of God just like you do. And I've got to declare it. I've got to make a decision that I'm going to believe it. And, and, and I, got, I got to realize that God has a design and a plan, and I need to tap into that. And I need to not accept anything that he wouldn't accept if he were standing here himself. And there's things in your lives. Listen to me, please. You know, we don't have enough time tonight to date. We got to get married. Okay? We can't. We, yeah, Shelly's cool. And uh, uh, here's the deal. Is, is that, we, you know, we, we can't handle this really with, with a lot of kid gloves tonight. Just, we just got to get up and realize, you know what, we've got a job to do and we need to do it better. We need to get more passionate. We need to get more hungry. We need to stop allowing the enemy to, to uh, you know, uh, to, to, to move things into our life, to disrupt the flow of God. Okay, another scripture. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, starting at verse 15. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Look carefully how you walk. Look carefully how you walk. You've got to look at your walk. You, I said you've got to look at your walk. He said here, you know, live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. So you've got to have some purpose. You've got to have some accuracy. Look at this, verse 16. Making the very most of time, buying up each opportunity. Making the most of time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. How could you understand the will of God until you've allowed God to renew your mind? You won't know the will of God until you allow him to change the way you think. Then you will know what God's will is. So you've got to start thinking different. You know, not, not your thoughts, God's thoughts. You have to be willing to allow God to change the way you think. Again, back to 1 Corinthians 13, where we've been. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. When I was immature, I spoke that way. I understood that way. I thought that way. But when I became mature, I put away childish things. Childish things is actually one word in the Greek, and it simply means to be untaught or unskilled. In other words, you couldn't operate in what you hadn't learned, but now that you've learned it, you need to begin to operate in it. 
Now that you know what he said, you have to start doing what he said. So I've got to change my words. I have to change my understanding. And I have to change my thoughts. My words is how, I, is how I communicate the will of God. My understanding is how I cooperate with the will of God. And my thoughts is how we're going to coordinate with the will of God. We've got, we've got a, a purpose and a mission. We're supposed to live with purpose. And, and we're going to go after that thing with everything we've got. We're going to take on the vocabulary of a man or a woman of God. We're going to begin saying what God says, continue saying what God says, until we become what God said. You've got to begin, you've got to continue, and it won't be long till you become. And you allow the Word to become flesh through you. You and the Word are one. Why are you being taught the Word of God? So that you can speak the Word of God. God's Word was spoken so it could be written, and it was written so it could be spoken. And, you know, when I was a child, I used my words to define and describe. But when I became mature, I put my words away, and now I use His. And you've got to start saying what God says. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. You have to start saying, why do you need to know what God said? Why do you need to be in the Word? So you know how to talk. You've got to be able to say what God said. And a lot of times, you know, about the only thing some people, you know, wouldn't it be sad if the only Scripture you had was Jesus wept? That's not a very good description of a future. That, that's not what you want to build your future on, the fact that Jesus is going to weep when he looks at you. You know, we need the Word of God. God's Word is seed. That seed's going to be planted in soil. That soil's going to produce a harvest. That harvest's going to be your future. What did God say? And you've got to be able to begin to speak what God said. And you don't have any other choice unless you choose to stay immature. Right? And can I just tell you something? That that is yet another definition of normal. The average believer hasn't got a clue what God said. We go to church. And we sing a few songs, we put some money in a bucket, we build some relationships, we listen to somebody talk, and then we get out of here and we forget everything that was said. We give no thought or study to the truth we hear. And we're thinking that God's going to swoop down and he's going to change a bunch of stuff because we've been so committed. Because we go to church 1.4 times every month. Like that's going to make a big difference. All it's going to do is frustrate you because you're asking God to do, to do what he said, but you don't realize that what he said is what he expected you to do. Hear and do, and it will be well with thee. You're supposed to do what he says. And a lot of Christians ain't doing anything because they can't remember anything he said. Why? Because they ain't giving no thought, no study. And they're just listening to a, you know, to a sermonette, and they might put it on a cassette to listen to it in the Chevette as they're on their way, you know. Yeah. We, you know, we got to grow up. Come on now. I said, we got to grow up. I, I, want, I, I want you to know that God's attempting to equip you to humiliate hell. That when hell is wreaking havoc in your life, that you can stand up and deal with it because you've got the Word of God. 
Dude, I, I cannot believe that we're out of time. So check this out. I'm going to look up a scripture because I did not give it to him, but it's, it's just coming up in me right now. So I'm going to look it up. I hope I'm right. That's not it. That's not it either. These are good ones, but that's not the one I'm looking for. You ought to see some of these. These are great, great scriptures. Anyways. Oh, I might just be looking at the wrong translation. Hold on. Let me look at one more thing. Listen. God's word is better than a diamond. Did you hear that, Kelly? That's, that's why for our anniversary I bought you a Bible. It gets better. God's word is better than a diamond. It's better than a diamond set between emeralds. You'll like it better than strawberries in spring, better than red, ripe strawberries. You hear that, Shelby? But there's more. It actually says that. But there's more. God's word, God's word warns us of danger and directs us to hidden treasure. God's word directs us to hidden treasure. God's word directs us to hidden treasure. Who hid it? Your enemy. He's trying to keep from you the treasure that God has for you. Man, I, 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 there's just something inside of me tonight that's just, it's, just a, it's, like a, it's like it's on fire. You've got, to, you've got to go after it and get in the Word of God. You've you got to attack this thing and realize, you, you know, if you suddenly found out that, you know, that somebody had been slipping into your backyard when you weren't home, and, and and taking your stuff, and but not only that, that while you were gone, delivery trucks were coming and setting great things out on the porch. But by the time you got home, somebody else had taken them. You know, you got a neighbor that keeps sliding over and stealing from you, but you don't even recognize it's gone because you weren't there when it got there. You 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 didn't have the awareness and the understanding that that was yours, and so and even when you've seen him and you question him, what are you doing? He said, "Well, we weren't home. The delivery guy dropped us off here. We're just picking it up." And you go, "Okay." And so he and he's hauling away from you what somebody else had intended for you, and you're being stolen from. Wouldn't it just irritate you a little bit to find out one day that, that you know that you 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 got called to court and they had a list of stuff and a picture of everything and it just went on page after page after page after page after page after page of all of this stuff that was actually yours? Wouldn't it irritate you? I mean, would you at least do what you needed to do in order to get it back? That's mine. Well, you realize that God has delivered to you, to mankind, health and healing and wealth and blessing, and increase, and, and, and breakthrough, and the enemy keeps robbing you, but it doesn't seem to bother us. It's like, yes, that's right, Brother Tom, yes, that's right. And then you go home, bitter, broken, angry, depressed. It's like we are addicted to losing. 
God's word will direct you to hidden treasure. But you've got to take on the vocabulary of a man or a woman of God. You're being taught the Word of God so you can speak the Word of God. You've got to take on an understanding of a man or woman of God. You've got to begin standing under God's authority and character, continue standing under God's authority and character, and soon we will take on the nature and character of God and become godly. You, you, when I was immature, I, I just had some... Freaked out understanding. But when I became mature, as I grew in God, I put that understanding away. And I began to live by His understanding. Standing under His authority, His rule, His reign. I took a stand for the kingdom of God instead of just being moved anywhere for anything. Hello? Can I have two more minutes? Two, two more. Second Corinthians 5.17. We know this stuff, right? Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creature altogether, a new creation, a new species, the old previous moral and spiritual condition. That's done. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Look at somebody say, hello, fresh and new. But all these things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation of the restoration to favor. So we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal as it were through us. We, as Christ's personal representatives, beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. Uh, We're begging you to take hold of this thing. We're an ambassador. Listen, an ambassador does not speak to please his audience, but to please the one who sent him. An ambassador does not speak on his own authority. His own opinion and demands mean little. He simply says that which he has been commissioned to say, but an ambassador is more than a messenger. He is also a representative, and the honor and reputation of his kingdom or country are in his hands hands. You're God's representative. You're supposed to speak in his authority. Your opinion, your demand means little. You have been commissioned to say what he says, but you're more than a messenger. You're a representative and the honor and reputation of God's kingdom are in your hands. See, if you don't develop the understanding of who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, you will present the wrong picture to suffering humanity. You'll paint a picture. You'll display. You, 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 are, you, you are a product demonstrator. Ever go to Costco? Do you like it when they demonstrate products? And they're standing out there, you know, and they, and they got their stuff. And, and you know, and they've got a blender that they can put, you know, a broom handle in. And now it's just dust. And you pour in water and you got fiber. You know, and, uh, uh, and, and, they're, and they're, you know, and they're demonstrating that product. You are a demonstrator of kingdom products. 
right? And some of us aren't doing the greatest job because we've, we've taken on an understanding that's defeated. We've taken on an understanding that's bitter. We've taken on an understanding that's accepting what is unacceptable to God. We're not saying what God says. We're saying what Mildred says. And she's on 32 medications and has a bad attitude. Well, yeah, but she's been in the church for 25 years, and it didn't do her an ounce of good. Why? Because she's been in church. She ain't been in the Word. The Bible says, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. You you, got to get in the word long enough for that word to come alive in you. Uh, You know, it it just ain't enough to go to Gold's Gym and and get a milkshake and sit on a leather chair. You know, every once in a while, you're going to have to get out there on one of the machines and sweat a little bit. And you're going you're to have to apply some effort and put yourself into it. And if you don't, all you've got is a really expensive Dairy Queen membership. <laughs> I'm telling you that, that you need to get in the Word of God. You ought, you ought to be, you know what? You, you ought to be a little bit uh, bothered by the fact that, that a defeated enemy has been ripping you off. That, that he's been giving you counterfeits and you haven't even noticed it. Because you have yet in areas to renew your mind to God's word. But after you begin to renew your mind, you begin to recognize what is the acceptable will of God. And if you ever get to the place that you can discern what's God's will and what God's will isn't, then all of a sudden you can begin to say, no, 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 no. Not at my house. See, these guys that shared tonight, they understood what the will of God was for them. Make the most of time. Buy up every opportunity. Understand the will of God. Would you like to save yourself a lot of time? Let God renew your mind so you can understand the will of God. Because if they didn't, then when they offered them a position that didn't pay what they had been promised, they would have accepted less than an imitation, right, a counterfeit. But because they stood there and they said, you know what, we're believing God. God God can do any, if I abide in him and his word abides in me, I can ask wherever I want. And if it doesn't exist, it says in the original Greek, if it doesn't exist, he'll create it for me. And, and, and I'm going to stand here and I'm not going to accept anything less. I'm only going to take what's God's will for my life. I'm not going to be tricked by, by a deceiving enemy, you know, that, that's trying to throw me a curveball and, and see if I'll accept less than what God said. You know, years ago, Shelby and I, we were, we were in a place, and, and we were moving into a house. We were under direction of the Holy Spirit. We were where we were supposed to be, doing what we were supposed to be doing, but we had nothing because I had sold it all. And we got there, and, and God had given me a promise on the way there. He said, I'll fill your house with all good things. And I'll never forget it. We, we, we got there. We, we own nothing. And all of a sudden, you know, you, I've told you the story about the couch that we had bought. And they bought it from us at the garage sale. And then they delivered it to us in Salem. And we, we had the couch back. But we, but we needed a refrigerator. And, and we started praying and, and to asking God for a refrigerator. And how many of you know that when you got little babies, you kind of need a refrigerator sooner than later? And we got a phone call just within a few hours of standing together in agreement and asking God for it. And, and the lady on the telephone who had come to our church one time, she said, I'm down here buying a new refrigerator. And God just spoke to me and told me not to take it to my house, but to have you come pick one out and have it delivered to your house. We jumped in the car and went down and she had picked one out and it happened to be the exact thing that Shelby had been praying for. 
Then another guy, later on that week, he pulled up and knocked on the door, and he said, I, I, I just feel led that I'm supposed to bring you a washer and dryer. And Shelby's in the house going, oh, no more laundromat. And I, I, I stepped outside and looked at it, and it was junk. Man, the, the, the lid to the washing machine had rusted off. You could pick it up and set it aside, put stuff in there and put it back down, but the hinges had rusted off. It was garbage. And in and, and, and my calm, polite fashion, I said, if you want me to take that to the dump for you, I will, but it ain't coming in this house. And he was instantly irritated. I had offended one of the believers. God told me to bring this to you, and I said, no, he did not. No, God told me to bring it to you. I said, no, he did not. God might have told you to buy me a new one, but he didn't tell you to bring me your junk. I said, no, I'm not asking you to buy me a new one, but I will not receive this. And he said, well, why not? And I said, well, because God told me he'd fill my house with good things. And if I accept that, I've just lowered the definition of the word good. I'm serious. Well, you should have just been real quiet and slipped that off in the back and hauled it off someplace else. Why would I be real quiet? I have to make a declaration. That's not acceptable. Because if it had been acceptable in my life, all of a sudden that would be acceptable in his, which obviously it had been for 37 and a half years because he was he's probably getting a new one and bringing me the one he'd had for 37 and a half years. You know, hey, well, he's trying to bless you. No, he, that ain't a blessing. And there's a lot of stuff that have been backed up and dropped off at your house that you just stood there with a stupid grin on your face wondering what the heck we're going to do with that instead of declaring that's not the definition of good. I will not accept it. You know what? You have an obligation. And I'll close, but you have an obligation. Listen to me. It says that you will prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, which is your reasonable Service, which means this is the least you can do is not accept what is unacceptable to God. Somebody hurts your feelings and you've been wounded. It's happened to most everybody in the room. Hello? There's one or two that it hasn't happened yet. Well, no, she happens to be out with the baby right now. So everybody in the room so far has been offended. But, the, you know, the one that's like three and a half weeks old, maybe not yet, but it's coming. Right. But if you've been offended for for uh, pro. Oh, no, the baby is in the room. So there is one. Hallelujah. But if you've been offended for a prolonged period of time, you are accepting what is unacceptable to God. You've been holding something in your heart against somebody else. You, you are accepting what is unacceptable to God. And and this is the place where we've got to have God renew our minds so that we would put a stop to that. Because that, that's just like the enemy backing up with a rusted out washing machine and you looking at your wife and saying, well, God has blessed you today. <laughs> there's a bunch of junk that needs to be hauled off. Come on. I said there's a bunch of junk in your life that needs to be hauled off. And you need to allow God to renew your mind so you can discern. That's your will. That isn't. Amen? Amen. Close your book, bow your head, let's pray.